Testing, testing. This is Stefano Virgili from Vox Podcast. Uh, together with me today, co-host Diana Ha from Nairobi, Kenya. And we have our friend Tikwani from uh, Kenya, but currently you're not in Kenya, Tikwani, correct? Yes, uh, currently in Paris. In Paris, fantastic. And why are you in Paris? Uh, we have an office in Paris. Uh, so I was here for... Uh, I'd come to, I was in Kenya a month ago for Kigali uh, Innovation Summit, uh, came back to Paris for three months, but uh, COVID happened and uh, kind of stuck here for, until further notice. Wait, sorry, and also to add that you're in Paris because you were offered an office for free, yeah? Uh, yes. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Is that a yeah, co-working so. space that you're working from? Uh, it came as a yeah, so we are part of uh, a program by startup uh, Station F. So it's one of the biggest uh, startup campuses in Europe. They have a program called uh, Founders Program, and we're part of that. Fantastic! Congratulations! Congratulations! Congratulations. Yeah. Diane, tell us more about the startup. Yes. Yeah. So um, wait, let me take a step back and just introduce Taekwani properly. Uh, so this is Taekwani Mwendua, <laughs> who I actually. Uh, met at a conference, I think, last year or the year before. And the first time I met him, uh, you know, we were talking about what we do. And then he said he was uh, making M-Pesa transactions free. Um, and M-Pesa is a mobile money um, uh, here, that's popular here in Kenya. And I didn't believe him. I, I just, I, I, I thought it was a joke. Uh, but then I found out that that's exactly what he was doing. And I am... A, True, 100% supporter of the app, have always been using it, love it, have been recommending to all my friends. So Tekwani, he's the founder of Asilimia. This is the app that I'm, I'm talking about. You can check them out at asilimia.co.ke. And I'm just going to spell that, A-S-I-L-I-M-I-A.co.ke. Um, so before we get into what this does and a bit more about how do you make Mpesa you know, cheap or free, um, can we talk about why did you pick Asilimia? There's a Swahili, it means something in Swahili, yeah? Yes. So yeah, so uh, Asilimia is like a Swahili word for percentage. And we, I thought that would be the best name because um, every fintech, every payment platform, their revenue source is a percentage of the revenue of the transaction value, right? So if you... MasterCard charges X percentage of the value. Safaricom, the same thing. And for us, we have 0%. So we thought uh, we'd call ourselves Asilimia because we throw the business model out of the window of how we make money. That's brilliant. I love that. Um, now tell us how, you know, why did you start Asilimia and how? Yeah. Uh, I wish I could say uh, there was a grand plan uh, when the idea struck. Uh, it just came out of being broke. So I had uh, failed in a previous startup, so that uh, that startup was shut down. I was broke, uh, making a bit of money here, there, through consultancy. And generally, the purpose of M-Pesa is that it's used to send money back at home, right? So M-Pesa is like a Western Union. Look at how Western Union is used abroad. If you go to like go to Paris, anybody who I'll see outside our Western Union is either from India, Africa, Colombia, trying to send money back home, right? So, and the majority of the transactions are peer to peer. 
And I was one of those persons, right? So every time I'm trying to send money to my brother, my mom, uh, I'd get that annoying message of insufficient uh, uh, balance to pay for the transaction fee, right? And it's, it gets annoying. It gets really, really annoying because you're trying to figure out do I need to have 50 shillings? Do I need to have 30 shillings to do this transaction? Uh, and then you have so to, can, yeah. Can I, can I just add as well to give our listeners some background? Uh, so yes. Safaricom is a huge telco, a giant telco monopoly here. And they are the ones uh, running M-Pesa transactions. And the M-Pesa costs are exorbitant. They're crazy. I mean, I, I feel coming from, you know, living in the US and UK when, when transferring money is always free, suddenly here it's it's quite a decent chunk. Sometimes even up to ten percent, uh, you know, five percent or so um, of the of the money, the amount. So so sorry, yeah, Takwani, just to give the listeners the impact of what we're talking about here. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. So the idea came from just being personally frustrated um, and trying to solve my own problem, which happens to be every other Kenyan's problem, right? And uh, and as I've said, because of the character of the transaction, so the M-Pesa transaction is very nuanced, right? So for an expatriate, for instance, peer-to-peer uh, -peer does not happen as much as uh, for a local Kenyan who has family, friends. Uh, I have friends who joke in the office where they don't tell their friends they have M-Pesa because the minute you tell someone, that if they ask you, do you have M-Pesa, and you say yes, they're going to borrow money from you. They're going to be like, can you send me like $10 and then I'll give you back the money, right? But if you look at the context of peer-to-peer -peer transactions or platforms outside of Kenya, they don't have that character. So Venmo in the US, uh, you know it, it's about sharing bills. If I pay for a pizza, I need my money back, right? In Kenya, we don't have that character. It's always just pay for everything and hopefully I will pay you again, right? So, so yeah, so I think, so for me, it came, it's, a, it's a very personal problem um, that uh, I felt strongly about solving. And uh, yeah, and we, and I got a developer to build it. So I'm not technical, I'm just uh, the guy who sells bullshit sometimes. Uh, as Dan <laughs> that's, why I didn't, that's why I didn't believe you when I first met you. This guy is full of crap. <laughs> Yes. So yeah. So so yeah. So I had a developer build it, and you know, two years in, we've iterated the product. In the beginning, we started with cashback. So we were offering guys cashback for all the M-Pesa transaction in the value of the transaction fee and a bit more. And then Safaricom launched their APIs, so we were able to do the transactions within our platform. So now we enable guys to do peer-to-peer, end-to-end transactions without the transaction fee. Uh, one of the things that is very different from our application is that um, the recipient does not have to have a signature, only the sender needs to have it. So yeah, so that's the genesis of it. Can I ask a few tech questions? I start getting uh, very excited about uh, uh, what you're saying and, and I start having questions at the back of my mind. First of all, you're basically cutting the middle male, the, the, the middle man which is a pitch that I heard many times, but if you cut the middleman, is it eventually you becoming the, the middleman? If you say that the percentage business model is not applicable, how do you make money? And lastly, how do you handle the cash in and cash out? Is because the transaction is paid when someone top up or cash out from the wallet? So yeah, so uh, everything you've asked does not uh, work with us. So first of all, we don't remove the middleman, right? So when we looked at what problem we're solving, we realized M-Pesa works perfectly well, right? So they have 
a massive, massive infrastructure in regards to cash in and cash out. You can't, you can't outcompete Safaricom when it comes to the cash in and the cash out, right? So we're like, okay, that part works. Second thing, trust. You know, uh, in Kenya, trust is a very big thing. And, you know, especially when it comes to money and asking for people their national identity card. So Safaricom does a good job of KYC and the trust factor, right? So we're like, you know, we can't really outcompete in that regards. And then, so the only problem that was there that everybody complained about Safaricom uh, was the cost. It wasn't the cash in or the cash out. It wasn't the technology. You know, people don't mind using the SIM toolkit uh, to make the transactions. Um, it works across smartphones and dumb phones, right? So that, so the bar was set very high, right? And it's real-time transactions. So Mpesa as well, if I send you money right now, you get it, you go and cash out. So our infrastructure in the beginning, we can't compete, right? So for us, what we do is we are the middleman. We're not removing Safaricom, so we're just a, a route to one Mpesa transaction to another one. So that's a difference. Uh, secondly, uh, we don't charge a transaction fee at the moment. So what we're doing, we have a subscription uh, where users pay us a subscription. And then gradually, the hope is that uh, we become a distribution platform for other services and products. Currently, we're testing it out with our airtime, uh, which is working quite well. And just gradually as we grow our, our users and then as we find different use cases within the, within the ecosystem, then we adapt our model based on it. I don't know if I answered your Interesting. question. So how do you practically do, uh, do away with, without fees? Because you aggregate the transaction in one uh, account and then you dispatch from there? Or how does it work? How can you manage to remove the fees if the fees are imposed by the operator? I don't understand. So yeah, we don't remove the fees. We literally pay for the fees. Like we pay on your behalf. So it's uh, generally us choosing to just pay for the transaction fee. So there's no eureka or bright idea around that because for us to have, had, to have done it differently, it would have had to be a closed loop wallet, right? As normal wallets tend to work, where, right? where you own both the cash in and the cash out. But as I mentioned, that would have led to us to scale very slowly. Two, we would have inconvenienced the recipient and not the user. So basically, for instance, if Diana is using that to pay the Boda Boda guy, that transaction is quick and fast, right? So she can't start telling the Boda Boda guy, download this app so that I can pay you and blah, blah, blah. Or if a Kenyan is sending money to their grandmother or their mother in the village, they won't tell their mother that their mother will download this application. And then when the mother needs to cash out, because in Kenya, the character of digital transaction is that within the first five minutes of receiving the money, the recipient has cashed out to cash. So the cash out infrastructure is very, very important for the success of a digital wallet, a digital payment platform in Kenya at the moment. So we couldn't really sufficiently provide that without burning a lot of cash just for the agent's network. So, so Tekwani, in a way, you're sort of buying transaction data. Did you, did you say that? Yes. 
That's can why you, I keep asking you a fintech yeah, question. Can you guide me through the journey of the user? So the user stumble upon your website and then creates an account and what's next? How does it go from end to end the journey of your customer? Wait, actually, yeah, Tech Money, can I can yes. I do that? Yes. Can I offer to do that and interrupt me if I'm wrong? So I mean, yeah, as a no, very no, enthusiastic no, user, <laughs> all so if I want to send money, let's say Steph, I want to send to you, Stefano, and you 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 have um uh, you know, M-Pesa number, meaning you can receive money in your, in your mobile number. Um, I will download the Selemia app. And then, um, so it will ask me to sign in, whether through Facebook or Google, um, to, you know, as an identity kind of check. And then um, I am basically just using, I, I'm using a Selemia, almost a very similar way to how I would use, um, how it would transfer money without a Selimia. So I just put in the amount that I want to transfer and I pick from a contact in my contact list and then it's done. And what happens is I, I get a message saying, okay, um, what is it? Maybe um, I'm trying to pay you $10. So $10 came out of my account and it went into this a Selimia account, uh, chain, what, what is called change agent. And then from there, they transfer it over to your account, Stefano. So you will receive the $10 and it, you, it, it wouldn't look like the traditional as if it's coming from me, but it would have information saying it came from change agent or Selimia, and this is the person who's sending it to you. And, and to you as a user is uh, seamless. You don't realize that, I mean, the one that received the Boda Boda, the, the rider oh. that give you a ride, that doesn't notice that it's not slower or it's not more complicated. It's just the same amount of steps for, for him yeah, or for her. Exactly. Yes. Just wait and then you receive the message and you got it like uh, so it does no difference except for the message looks a bit different saying that it came through a silimia but it's from diane Tequani, correct saying, was she accurate in yes, describing yes. the process and so now tell me from your point of view what what's happening in the background so from the moment yeah, that you... mm -hmm. yeah so for us it's a uh, as i mentioned we're just a switch so we basically pull money from her mpesa account and then we disperse money from our own uh, our own investor account to somebody else. So it's basically how you would do with uh, uh, Venmo, PayPal, where it's PayPal just being attached on top of your credit card, right? So you pull money from the credit card into somebody else PayPal. The only thing we changed on the conventional way of um, of wallet working is that money doesn't end up sitting in our account on the end. So the, the recipient does not need to create an account with us. We don't need to know who they are, what they're doing. All we just care about is that they have an existing uh, Safaricom account. So you're just routing the transaction in a way. Yeah. And, and so how did you approach M-Pesa? Does M-Pesa know that you're doing that? Have you, do you have a partnership with them or you simply take their APIs and integrate them in your routing system? Uh, so yeah, we don't have a... Sorry, can I interject you here? So I wonder if, if this will help answer the question, if you're able to talk through the evolution of business models that you went through until like the subscription model that you have now, um, mm -hmm. that could also then in turn answer the question about this relationship with Safaricom. Um, so yeah, so I think, so one, we don't, so we don't have a partnership with Safaricom beyond any partnership, any payment platform would have in the, in the country. So there's multiple uh, variations of what we do in the market. Safaricom doesn't necessarily do any 
partnerships per se, right? Um, because it's really just a question of they have APIs that are usually open. Uh, you apply for them, they know who you are, they have the KYC documents, but they don't provide you any any benefit beyond that, that we can call it a partnership. It's a so service a provider. User. Exactly, just uh, have a yeah. typical relationship with them. Uh, our business model is not necessarily in line with them. It's just a question of uh, we we saw that one we needed to evolve a little bit in terms of um, the use. So one, we started getting a lot of fraud. So uh, our platform started having a lot of issues around fraud because um, what users could do is just basically download and use our app, right? You know, we don't ask you for anything. We don't charge you anything. Uh, we don't. We don't make it any more complicated uh, than it is. So we decided, okay, so how do we slow down the, the issues that we were getting, right? So let's kind of separate uh, real users. To, so Tekwani, yeah. with fraud, right? How, how did that happen? So is it is it a fake user with, like a user with no money in their account and they're transferred? Like how, what, how, no, no, no. That, so how does that work? So it's uh, through reversals, right? So basically, uh, at the moment, you can have more than one Mpesa account with Safaricom, or you could yeah. be having your friends and then you just receive money. Uh, so you keep sending each other money, right? And then you call Safaricom <coughs> and tell them, kindly reverse this money that I paid here or did this. And that money would be taken from us. And they, they tend to do very small values. So we never really used to notice until we hit scale, right? So. You start losing a very large volume of cash, and you're like, "Okay, oh shit, what happened?" Right? So, there is so that. So, it, does that mean you know they're, they're doing the transaction outside of Asilimia, and then they're calling yes. Asilimia to do the reversal? So, no, no, they're calling Safaricom as well, right? Because okay. you see, we work. So they use they use Safaricom infrastructure to interact with us, right? Yeah. So they'll call Safaricom. So Safaricom is like the big brother. They call mm -hmm. the. So they don't call us because if they call us, we will notice what's going on, right? So they call Safaricom. So same thing they do. Currently, you have that happening a lot. Uh, like currently during the COVID period, and you're trying to solve that problem for my tattoo owners because of okay. uh, reduction of cash transactions. People have been paying my tattoo guys or Buddha Buddha guys with them person, and they call Safaricom immediately, and the transfer happens because Safaricom automated that process. So they just oh, send okay. so an so it's, it's as if like I took a matatu and then I paid the matatu um, yes. through maybe a Salimia. So the money is coming no, out of us. No, through M-Pesa. If you use yeah. M-Pesa, if you use M-Pesa, so you pay it directly yeah. with M-Pesa without a Salimia, you will call okay. Safaricom and tell them reverse this amount and then they'll do yeah. it immediately. But how, how am I gaining from that? I don't see... Diana, you wouldn't gain. You don't. You don't need the one dollars, Diana. But uh, somebody else needs the one dollar that they paid for the for the bus trip, right? Or the Boda Boda guy. Because you see, you are thinking. Oh, from I honest, see. Honest perspective. Yeah. I, okay. I need to change my. Okay, I need to put on the Kenyan hat. <laughs> so you're saying that I I like I actually got the Matatu services, but I yes. don't want to pay for it, and yes. that, and I reverse it. Okay, understood. <laughs> Yeah, people do that for Chandarana, Nakumat, uh, Google. Just in the best interest of the audience that is not well versed with the terminology from Kenya. So Boda Boda is the rider and then Nakumat Motorbike. is the supermarket. What else we mentioned? The... Matatu. 
My but tattoo is like public transportation. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's contextualize. Uh, interesting, interesting. And how, how much was the damage that, you, that they caused to, to your business? Uh, it was significant. It was significant to notice because uh, <coughs> they, were doing, uh, they were doing very small value transactions. Right? They were doing $1, $2 money that would be under the radar when Safaricom communicates to us. Uh, uh, but they did it at such a volume after they realized they weren't really uh, checking uh, because we, we have a policy of ensuring the customer is always right from our standpoint. Uh, but that ended up costing quite a quite a quite a large chunk of. Uh, so you definitely had to change the hat as well. The customer is not always right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we had that's the first time we had to um, because we try to be very customer centric in how we build how we build our product. That um, we have three. Our slogan is ease, freedom, and um, and value. Uh, where we say we try to replicate the uh, ingeniousness of cash. So a lot of, so most of the time, everybody likes to say we compete with Safaricom or we compete with XYZ. For us, what we try to actually do is simulate the characters of cash in the African context. Because in Kenya, if I have Kenya shillings and I cross the border of Uganda, immediately my money is usable, right? If I cross into Uganda with MasterCard as my, debit card of choice. I can't get money from an ATM. I have to look for a MasterCard specific ATM. If I cross the border with M-Pesa or Safaricom, it stops being valuable, right? Because I'll only find Tigo or whatnot. And it's also the same case in Kenya. If you travel across the country, you will realize that Safaricom is actually not as prevalent as it is in Nairobi, Mombasa, and maybe one more big city, Nakuru, right? Because you find because of how Safaricom works, it's a cash in cash out balance, right? So if you go to my village in, uh, in Eastern side of Kenya, Kilome, I will not be able to withdraw my investor money because the agents don't have the float or the cash to give me cash that I need. Or the merchants won't accept me to pay them with investor because they're gonna have the same problem where if they want to cash out, they can't do it. So you find Empesta uh, is actually an urban city product more than it is a countrywide product, right? So we didn't see that Empesta being the competition or the benchmark, but cash is the benchmark. Yeah. Because cash is highly scalable, very convenient, and highly valuable. valuable. Yeah, definitely on the valuability of it. I was a speaker in Kenya uh, last year when I met Diane uh, at one of the conferences on uh, Simless, actually, Simless uh, Kenya. And there was one panel where I was sitting, which was, uh, the title was, uh, is cash still the king or something? Is a cashless society possible? It was all, in, it was all around the cashless society and I think for Africa is still probably quite uh, early but also quite healthy not to be entirely cashless because I, I stay in Singapore and I see that in Singapore there are already stores that I don't accept any cash which means that every transaction that we do is actually recorded and not that I have anything to hide but in terms of tra traceability of the transaction cash is still the one that is untraceable. But it comes with other set of problems. I remember bumping into this video uh, produced by the, the Bank of Uganda that was teaching how to handle cash because some people like workers, yeah. they put it in, the, in their boots when they go to work. And uh, the, some of the, 
the, the currency degrade very, very quickly. And also it's quite scarce. Uh, the, the problem that you have described, I remember when I used to stay in Kampala, uh, there was one morning that through five ATMs that I, that I went through, I couldn't withdraw 1.5 million shillings, which is at the time, I think it was about $400. Uh, and and they, simply the ATMs were either dry, no cash in mm -hmm. it, or they wouldn't accept the same network of my credit card. So it, uh, it, it's obviously easy to say M-Pesa have solved the problem, but there, there are so many, uh, there is a myriad of other problems like the one that you just described, which I was not even aware of. That, that it's not like widespread as a network, but it's actually localized in the urban urban areas yeah and so in 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 that sense do you think your service can be expanded to other payment methods or is only going to work with mpesa uh, yeah so we're actually uh, currently working on the next phase of the app where we are integrating uh Pesa link and airtel and tcash uh, because again as i mentioned our benchmark is cash which is scalability so we are looking at how do we solve those issues that I've mentioned by making this one app that enables you to not be restricted by only the payment option or plan that you're currently on. So that's what we're currently doing. So, but in the beginning, we saw that M-Pesa was the highly asked for, but now through the data we have collected and the interaction with our users and customers, we've seen other uh, branches that we want to integrate into the application for their convenience. Interesting. And also, I've seen in uh, Kampala, in Uganda, uh, many agents for M-Pesa. Are you saying that the agents of M-Pesa in Uganda, they cannot exchange, they cannot cash out for you if you have an M-Pesa number registered in Kenya? Is that what you're saying? So that is, uh, so that happens a lot. So if you go to other East African countries, so Rwanda has the same thing, Tanzania has the same thing, but it's in specific spaces, right? So it's those, they tend to be next to the border or you know, uh, for the Kenyans that come in, or the Kenyans that send money to their family members. Uh, and then two, they tend to be in other uh, high trade locations uh, to do that uh, cash transfer, but it's not a Kampala-wide uh, network. So you'll only find it at the Kampala bus station or right at the border of Kenya and Uganda. Rwanda, the same thing, because you do have a few Kenyans who live in those countries and how they get money from you know, um, Kenyan families, sending money to a Kenyan in Uganda or a Ugandan Kenyan who's there sending money to Kenya. They use that, those MPESA agents who tend to be quasi-formal. So they're not really even oh. uh, the Safaricom agent, right? Because Safaricom isn't, the agency network is not supposed to be across the border. So you, you'll actually send the money to someone in Kenya. The guy sends a notification to that guy who's giving you the cash that they have received the money, and then they give you it's a gray market of sorts. Interesting. Diane? Yeah, so we, sorry when I, I interrupted you earlier when you were talking about fraud and you were answering the question of the evolution of the business model and maybe trickle in there also if Safaricom you know, disturbed you in any way um, of your business. Um, can you talk us through? So you started with free and PESA transactions, yeah? Yeah, so the, the beginning we were like, you know, we don't want to charge anyone anything and we believe that there's more money to be made by thinking not like a payment company. So what we've tried to do with the team is we don't want to think like a fintech. We don't want to think payments. We don't want to 
we don't want to think about best practices around uh, how payments work and where the money is. Uh, that has always been our first rule and only rule. Um, and that meant that we didn't want to charge nothing. So we were like, okay, guys, every day you need to realize that we're going to die if we don't figure out where the money is, right? So every day we are bleeding, right? So investors don't really like us as much um, because, we, and I keep telling the team, we need to be scared enough every day that we will shut down because our model is just killing money, right? Because we literally just pay for the transaction fee. And that has been the... Um, and that has been the case until the point where we're like, okay, cool. So we need to kind of change the um, change the dynamics a little bit. So we were like, okay, let's let's charge something, right? Because one, we just need to slow down the the we need to slow down the the bleeding. Not not to slow down the bleeding, the fraud actually. So it was more to slow down the fraud, and and secondly, we just wanted to confirm it, do our users value what we're doing. To pay us something and we actually launched this right a month before COVID so it's it's the best time to test our theory because Safaricom just made the transactions of between zero and a thousand shillings free and our users know it and we engage them and ask them why are you still paying so we have actually seen more activity and a retention of our subscribers even though they're fully aware that Safaricom made uh, some of the transactions free and we asked them why do they do it and now it has become that because of our infrastructure so we have been very specific on not being again a payment company because when you just think about moving money from point a to point b you can do the laziest thing that is that's possible right it's not it's not technically challenging so it's become how our infrastructure is you can send money to multiple numbers or multiple values at one time you know it's 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 one one-click payment without multiple hoops, you know, our app starts immediately, you start it, you know, there's not that many complexities around it. And now we are moving it further to where now, you know, transactions, getting your transactional data is better, it's presented in a, in a much better manner. You're able to distinguish which transaction you're doing is it personal, is it business, because some of the users use our platform for business purposes. So, yeah. How many users uh, do you have at the moment? Uh, 10,000. And uh, you've been funded half a million dollars, right? Yes. Uh, and currently you are in France under an accelerator or an incubator program? Uh, so they're, we call it an incubator. So uh, they're more of an incubation for two years. Uh, they provide you with the infrastructure. So a, a wide network of investors, a place to work from. Uh, they even have co-living. So, so you get a housing down in Paris. Um, yeah, and then uh, just to be able to access the European market. Are they hinting that you could uh, attract the uh, French-speaking uh, African countries? Um, so how it works is that uh, they have a very different model of incubation. So they, they say as entrepreneurs, you should be uh, independent. You figure out what you need to do, which is going to provide you with the basic ingredients of you as a startup to be successful. Um, and yeah, so, and that leads to us being in a cesspool of other entrepreneurs. So we've spoken to entrepreneurs that are doing the more or less the same or that they have fintechs in uh, Franco speaking Africa. Uh, for us as a company, we are not interested in that market yet. Uh, we're more interested in the East African community at the moment because one, 
Uh, we share the same nuances, culture, language, uh, the infrastructure is more or less the same. We've seen the, 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 the use case. Uh, we've done a couple of, of uh, pilots uh, in Uganda. We've seen them work successfully. Uh, we have a lot of cross-border partners who we've started talking to that have presence in Kenya and then they have presence in Uganda. So we see that more easier to activate than if we start thinking about Senegal or you know some other Afri uh, Franco-speaking African country where you have to start from zero. May I ask you, you say that you got through a failure uh, prior to success uh, in another startup. Yeah. Was it also in FinTech or a different field? No, it was not in fintech. So we were doing uh, 3D maps for uh, um, for public buildings. So we were building uh, digital maps for shopping malls, hospitals, schools, and, and so, installing them in touch screens. So I guess that closing that business, you say you went broke and then you uh, started this new business. I guess it was a very uh, growth journey where you learned a lot about um, the problem that you were experiencing and also it was a constant figuring out uh, like a rubric cube, uh, the solution. And every time you think you got the solution, the problem changed or the fraud comes in. How have you evolved as an entrepreneur of the past uh, couple of years, let's say? Uh, first is to, is to have a thick skin, right? You know, uh, it's to be able to, to do a lot with very minimal resources. I think that's been one of our key things in the company where uh, we've ensured that the company evolves in terms of value. So uh, lacking resources should never mean that your product should remain, um, remain the same. You shouldn't grow your, you shouldn't grow your users, uh, get partners. Uh, so it's made me very, very resourceful as an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, I've been lucky to work with very brilliant team members uh, from across the globe, the country. Uh, our product has evolved quite a lot in terms of the, you know, the, 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 the system, the app, you know, um, yeah. And uh, so what I've learned over the two years is <coughs> being really very resourceful, you know, irrespective of whether you have funding or not, or you're making profit or not. It's just to really, really being critical of <coughs> where do I want to be? And if, if it's important for me to be there, then I have to make it happen, right? So also being slightly naive has been uh, something I've learned to rely on quite a bit. Because um, without being naive sometimes, uh, I would question why I'm doing what I'm doing. Very interesting. And how happy, so you say you know where you want to be. How far ahead are you? How close you are to your goal? And how happy are you with the entrepreneur that you have become? Uh, I think I'm very, very happy with how far we have gotten uh, to this point. Uh, we have a lot more to do uh, this year. Uh, we, we are starting to launch our enterprise solution. So there's, a, um, there's an angle of the business that we are about to launch. So that's pretty much green. Uh, it's going to come with its own set of challenges where uh, we've already experienced those challenges last year when we had started kind of testing the market on the same. So that might make us completely uh, start at zero where I have no idea what we're doing. There'll be a lot of surprises in between there. Um, and yeah, and uh, I think COVID as well has thrown a spanner to the works. Uh, you know, the African market in terms of funding for startups was on the rise. Uh, you know, uh, 2019 was a, was, a, was a very good year. Uh, 2020, we are, uh, as a company, we are worried that uh, cash will fly out or there'll be a fleet of cash. 
uh, also the time is kind of interesting where everybody, everyone and anyone has a fintech. Uh, so Kenya is an overly crowded uh, market for that. So that, that makes me uh, feel that I need to uh, actually not think about what I've done in the past and uh, kind of uh, muscle up a bit more because, you know, we are fighting with a, a bit more, heavily more funded startups. Uh, the next three months, uh, we, are, we have lost our brand value because when you say making Impressor free, people are like, ah, but Safaricom is doing that right now. You know? um, so for the next three months, uh, we are fighting for dear, we're not fighting for dear life in the sense that we'll shut down, but the, the competition is, is wild. Uh, so I think thinking of myself as an entrepreneur is to say that uh, what I did the last couple of years doesn't count. What I'll do for the next one, Next X, uh, next eleven months, ten months is what's going to really, really, uh, really, really count. Yeah. Very beautiful, um, Tak. Uh, my dying question to you. <laughs> um, yes. So, did did you get any uh, disturbances, any issues from Safaricom? Did they cause you any trouble in your doing what you're doing? Uh, not really, because the if you look at Safaricom's growth strategy is actually more on partnerships now. So previously, before, I think people would have said Safaricom is a troublemaker in terms of you know shutting down ideas, and you know previously before there have been situations where that could have been true. Uh, but currently, if you look at the financial projection, they're looking to grow more. Their revenue now more is on services, other services, more than you know direct peer-to-peer -peer, uh, transactions because there's only so much you can do, right? As I mentioned, the biggest problem with M-Pesa in terms of the character of the transaction, it's a peer-to-peer, -peer, uh, it's a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, platform, and that has a that has a cap, right? After you get to a certain level, you can't grow beyond that. Uh, so right now they're looking more into partnerships. Just today they announced a partnership with Visa to do a, a debit card attached to your Mpesa. Uh, they work very closely with banks. Uh, so you find we don't think that we will get into problems with Safaricom. We're not. We don't compete with them. What we say is that Kenyans love Mpesa. You know the the it's a it's a it's a it's a it's 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 a complicated relationship, but Kenyans love being in that relationship, and it's uh, it's it's we don't see us changing that now to the point that they will uh, engage us. But we we do feel that our enterprise solution. We have had conversations with our potential partners, clients, and there has been um, that thing them saying, "Okay, we love what you're you're bringing for us," but we don't think this is going to fly because because uh, when we show them the so imagine you as Diana you have your basic you know um, transactions that you do and you've seen the savings that you normally do right so we're speaking to companies where we can save them twenty thousand dollars a month on their transaction fees right so if you and that's a small organization we're not really talking about you know a huge organization that's just uh, two thousand people. Uh, users or customer uh, platforms. So we do feel that on the enterprise side, we could get a bit of pushback. Uh, but um, but I guess it's, you can only Another maintain challenge you're willing to take on. 
yeah it's fun you know it's uh um it's it's always interesting when we introduce ourselves and somebody says you know safari common kidney or blah 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 but i think the lucky thing is we are we are too we are small still in regards to uh the volumes that they do uh, right now they're still um their biggest partners was betting spot betting companies you know they they lost them a billion dollars Uh, is it no a billion a billion Kenyan shillings? Uh, so we're not big enough to lose them one uh, one billion Kenyan shillings. But well, if, guess, if they won't kill you, I guess they will buy you somehow. <laughs> they will be interested in that. <laughs> could that be uh, could that be an outcome having uh, them to take over or become shareholders in your company? I think based on how we understand the market and some of the insights we've gotten and how we're developing our product we do see that as a potential outcome if not from them is from their competitors because currently they own 96% of the market wow uh, everybody else is struggling on a 4% so uh, orange uh, telecom has tried to launch their cash uh, their Key mobile cash. money uh, multiple times they shut it down recently to start again uh, airtel has been trying to do that uh, mastercard and visa have been struggling uh, pesalink has been struggling as well and if you look at all these companies they do have a substantial amount of money to compete uh but what that shows you is that uh it's not a money it's not a money problem right so uh the adoption of mobile money wallets in Kenya is not a a a resource it's not a resource problem right it's a strategy problem and we feel with our insights and our consistent uh execution of the same thing that we might become interesting to multiple parties that are interested in the IP that uh, we're consistently building very interesting We've taken up uh, so much of your time. Uh, Diane, do you have any other question for Tequani? No, that was my dying question and he answered it. <laughs> Positioning yourself in a complimentary manner while hiding under the radar a little bit um, for the moment until, you know, potentially bigger problems come. So I'm satisfied with that answer. <laughs> yeah. So you have one last minute to talk to our audience. What would you like to share and what would you like to who would you like to talk to in our audience users partners investors who could be your ideal stakeholder well, right now we're looking for partners uh, as mentioned we are launching our enterprise solution that is looking to save big on you know uh, the cost of receiving digital cash uh, as we move to uh because of covid you know every organization is trying to digitize the you know cash transactions and we're pretty good at that in terms of uh doing that in an efficient and cuz we our biggest biggest uh core mission as a payment company is to reduce costs so we don't necessarily talk about just connecting the pipes because uh that was what was being done uh 5 years ago you could have started a payment company and said your value uh proposition was uh integrating APIs uh before us we say that uh we're looking at optimization of the infrastructure so that means get more users to pay you with with uh digital and getting uh saving a lot more from the from that interaction excellent thank you so much for sharing uh, this with us it was uh, very interesting and uh, we wish you all the best there in France and I'm looking forward perhaps to see you one day in Kenya. Definitely, definitely. I can see you have a I don't know if that's a bottle of uh, whiskey on your 
on your window, but uh, hopefully the rest. Uh, yeah, well, after after COVID, we can have the uh, we can finally open it. Huh? <laughs> nice meeting you. Thank you for your time. Same here. Always a pleasure talking to you, Tech. Bye. Bye.